720 WGN with you till 10 o'clock. Show's moving along. Flying by, Carms. Always flies by. It's the way it is. Love being in here. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for putting on 720 WGN. Uh, so earlier this week, KP, I, I get a text and I was invited on Ira Kaufman's radio show. Mm-hmm. He's on Twitter at I at Ira on Sports. It's a 95.9 FM, 106.9 FM in West Palm Beach. And truth be told, I didn't know Ira uh, before he invited me on. And then I start learning about him. And he's basically my hero. So <laughs> I, I felt like we had to get him on here to tell his story of how he is this diehard sports fan who doesn't have this, the credential but has the love of the game clause in his contract and is willing to scalp a ticket at the most premier events of all time, including 1998, alongside the last dance of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Ira, thanks for taking time. Good to have you on the air, my friend. It's awesome to hear Chicago this fourth time, this time of year. I mean, it brings back great memories from 98. So, and you're also an attorney, correct? I am attorney also, yes, and have a sports talk show called I Run Sports. Yes, so so you're you say that with such enthusiasm. Yes, I, I I am an attorney as well. But so all right, let's just jump right into it. It's Game Five, nineteen ninety eight, Bulls Jazz. The Bulls are up three games to one. They're going to win the NBA championship in Chicago. You are not a Chicagoan. You grew up in Altoona, Pennsylvania, but yet you're in Chicago for the game. Is that right? I flew in. I was at was games three and four, and of course I had to stay for five. But I was in there for games three and four also. Okay, so you had, so you scalped tickets for all three games. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Three and four, I was upper deck, dead center. Um, but for game five, then I was getting nervous. I mean, I didn't even sleep. But the day before Friday night's game, I was just it was just so exciting because everyone thought that was it. I mean, there were tanks in the street, and armored personnel carriers, and everything. I mean, it was. The excitement and the emotion of that game was just it, it, it's off the charts. I mean, I'm not a Bulls fan. I mean, I grew up without a basketball team, but uh, I, I'm just a Michael Jordan fan. But just to be there and to sense what everyone – I mean, everyone thought the game was – this was it. This was Michael Jordan's final game, and they were all going to the game. So you're on the street looking for tickets before Game 5. Take us into that day. It was a disaster because I had bought games three and four, and there were scalpers out there selling tickets, and it wasn't that hard to get okay tickets for three and four. Game five, there was nobody. I mean, I was calling people before. Nobody had anything. Nobody had tickets. There was a, there was a one ticket I saw anyone. No one had a ticket. There was, like, no, no scalpers, no people, no nothing. Everybody who had a ticket went to the game. So I'm running all around. And with my friend, we're going all throughout the United Center area, just running, trying to find tickets. And I, it's, I go to see this barbershop out of nowhere. And I'm like, after my friend Bill, who was with me, I said, let's go in here. They might have it. And because they had Bulls jerseys on the wall and everything, maybe someone has something. Go into the barbershop. And at first, I wanted to cut my friend Bill's hair because it's crazy right there. And I'm like, no, I'm looking for tickets. They wouldn't have it. And a guy goes, I have two. I'm like, oh, whatever. And he shows him. And they weren't like, the, you know, like, I'm not sure. And he goes, I'll walk you in. And when someone says you walk you in, that, you know, gives you comfort. You don't want to just buy a ticket and then walk you in. And we came up with a price. And he walks us down there to the United Center. And there's people lined up outside and everything they were going through. 
we walked through like there was no stopping, like there was no security, there was no, I mean, we, they just walked, I mean, literally, the, cut through every line, he walked in with me. I mean, I've never had this before or after, and took me down to our seats, which were right behind the basket, maybe like 10 rows up, popcorn, a lady with popcorn was walking around, he, he called, knew her, knew everybody in the arena, and probably knew more people than Michael Jordan did, and called her over and said, hey, give me my guys, here's some popcorn, we got popcorn, we got a Coke, and it was just amazing, but that's how I got the ticket, truly okay. amazing. Let me clarify this, Ira. He he had two tickets, but th- all three of you walked all the way into the arena for Game Five, and he he uh, supposedly he didn't have to have a ticket or anything. Whoever he was, and I'll never know, but he did, he knew everybody. He's walking in. He's waving to security guys. He's waving to everybody. Everyone knew who he was, and I just I'm sorry I didn't get his, like I'm just like when you're in a situation. I've been in this before. Yeah. I have a lot of stories. You just don't ask questions. Just roll with <laughs> like, it. Go yeah. with the well, how much? How much? Did he, uh, what was the cost? We got to hear it. Come on. <laughs> enough time has passed. All right, but it was the most. Now understand, this is the most I've spent before. Like before, I went to the AFC Championship games, was spending like three hundred and four hundred. But this was thirteen hundred. It was by far the most I had spent. Now I've spent whatever more since, but it was for that time. I thought that was still a great. I mean, I would literally. I had flown in the year before for the jazz, for the Jazz series, and I I got shut out of a game. Like I had the same problem; I couldn't get into the game, but I wasn't prepared. I was, a year later, I was more skilled, and I knew what it was. But even I thought I was going to, you know, if he said the ticket was on the top of the arena, I would have bought it. I just wanted to be in the arena for it. And luckily, they were tremendous seats right behind the basket. Okay, you've inspired me here, Ira Carm. You and I are tracking down this man and finding out who it was. Ooh, that. Okay, that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be very much a challenge, but it'll be a side project that I'm going to launch during this pandemic. And you and I can track down this barbershop and the man, this mystical figure, who was able to walk into the United Center with Ira and his buddy and sit him down. I need to know now. So, okay, we're on the case on that one. And Ira's, the story continues here because the Bulls lose the game. If you go back and watch the video, by the way, Phil Jackson had a great play called up for Tony Kukoc, and Jordan literally intercepted the pass that was intended for Kukoc and shot a a ridiculous three of his own off balance that he missed. And if memory serves, I think I was like moderately happy that there was another Bulls game that I got to watch, even though they lost, (laughs) because it was the end, right? right. So now they're going to Utah, and they're going to play on a Sunday. And what do you do, Ira? Well, I was prepared, unlike anybody else. So there, how many flights back in 98 do you think there were from direct flights from Chicago to Utah on a Saturday? Like zero. So I had to fly through, and I, but we had booked flights already. Like I thought, just in case they lose, let's book the flight. And we had a Southwestern Midway. We showed up at the airport like at 1130. So people were trying to scout my, and this is before 9-11, where you sort of could sell your tickets. I, don't, I didn't would think what, but the people were trying to buy my airplane ticket just because they wanted to fly because they're like, oh my gosh, let's go to Utah. Because the game was on Sunday. People forget that game was on Sunday afternoon in Utah. Like, and so there was no way you could fly it on Sunday. The only way to fly it would have been Saturday. And how many flights were there on a Saturday from Salt Lake to, to I mean, Utah, I mean, sorry, Chicago to Salt Lake. Okay, so you've, you've already bought the flight. You go to the airport. You don't sell it. You land in Utah. I believe there's a WNBA game that Saturday night. And who's in line with you at the concession stand of the WNBA game? 
well, I have to do my reconnaissance because I've never been to the Delta Center. And back then, you didn't know, like, if, if someone who scouts like I do, a like, if you have a seat that's AA, is that the first row or is that after 26? Like, there's a lot of issues. Is there a beam in front of you? Is there something? So I felt this was a great opportunity for nothing. It was like $2 to go to the game just to go scout the arena and know where I could buy a ticket. I go to get uh, Coca-Cola or whatever. I'm in line. Ron Harper was there with, I think, Randy Brown and Scott Burrell. I think those are the three. And so, but, and he's, and I'm talking to Ron Harper. Like, there's nobody, like, the Jazz fans aren't attacking, like, whatever, the Jazz, the NBA, WNBA, whatever they were fans. But it was unbelievable. We talked for five minutes about the game. He's like, yeah, we're real confident. We're this and that. Like, it was just so nonchalant. Like, you're talking to Ron Harper like he's talking on the last dance. Maybe. But that was pretty cool, I thought. And then I mapped out where I should sit and everything like that. Maybe you'll pop up in the last dance tomorrow night, Ira. Who knows? Maybe they caught you on camera talking to Ron Harper at a WNBA game the night before Jordan's final Bulls game. So this is where it gets really painful in the conversation for me, KP. What was the market for tickets for Game 6 in Utah, Ira? Are you guys familiar with the movie Trading Places? Mm -hmm. The one with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Love it. Remember at the end when they were selling the frozen concentrate of orange juice and he was like selling and it was like, it was... I was like, Eddie, at the end, I was like Dan Aykroyd and Eddie, like trying to buy a ticket because there were no, because they played on Sunday in the Latter-day Saints. They don't play, like they never schedule jazz games on Sunday during the day for religious reasons because none of the, most of the jazz fans can't go to the game. So most of the jazz fans couldn't go to the game. And then there were no Bulls fans there because they, were, they couldn't get there. So there's no Bulls fans, there's no jazz fans. I'm standing out there and it was like, literally, I could have picked any ticket. And people were coming up to me and I'm like, no, no, no. There was nobody else. I was the only buyer in a whole market of hundreds. Of, I mean, I've never had a situation like that before or since where I could just buy whatever ticket I wanted. And I bought two tickets. I bought two tickets myself, like right dead center, right uh, behind, like between the benches. And it was, they were like five rows up or four rows up, but it was right behind the press. And back in those days, the press rows were like four back. So I knew that the press people were going to stand in front of me because I hate when people stand in front. So I sat there and then I put my two buddies uh, across the court from me on the second row, uh, right behind David Hasselhoff, like dead center. So they were behind Hasselhoff and Leonardo DiCaprio was like five seats to my right. And that was right after Titanic, so he was really hot and popular because Titanic just happened. So it was pretty cool that I had this, like I always tell everyone, I had a better seat than Leonardo DiCaprio had. Cost of the tickets for that game? Oh, my God. It was like 300 or 400. It was, it was not, it was cheap. I mean, that ticket for like, those tickets for the Warriors Cavs series would be, what, people were paying like 75 to 100,000 for tickets mm-hmm. like that, 75,000, and I, was, I paid like three, 400 at most. Center court, fifth row, game six, Bulls, Utah, the shot to end it in, in Jordan's career. And our guy Ira making his first appearance on WJ was sitting in the fifth row. Not, what, what, what do you remember about the game or, or the shot? Or, or, I, I know you're, you're a picture guy too. Didn't you try to take a shot of Jordan shooting it or something like that? Well, I did. I mean, the guy for uh, uh, someone from Sports Illustrated was sitting next to me in that seat. It just shows you how pathetic it was back in those days that you get Sports Illustrated could afford to put someone in like the best seat. Remember, there was no fans. I was like in the first row because there's no fans in front of me. There were like two or three rows. There was the Mar of Albert. Everyone's like in front, and then there was like a couple rows of just the press, so they weren't standing. And then I sat. I was the first row of my thing, and so. But I just, I re, you know, I just was sitting there, you know, in that game watching, and I could not believe. 
first of all, the, the, the impression I had from the game was uh, Scotty Pippen just could not move. I mean, he was just limping around all over the place, couldn't run around, couldn't move at all. And all Dennis Rodman was doing was like yelling at the Jazz fans. And the fans were so loud. Remember, this was not the elite type of fans that normally go to the game. So that they were screaming and yelling. And I love how the Delta Center was. The suites, there's only one row of suites, and it was all, it's like a bowl, a small bowl, and all at the United Center, which is pushed back. So it was the loudest arena. I mean, Duke Carolina was pretty loud, but this was much louder than even that. And they were loud the entire game. And literally, Jordan, I mean, Pippen couldn't walk. Rodman's acting like an idiot during the whole game. And Jordan was just doing everything. I mean, he scored 45 out of the 87 points. So it was just that, that was great. But the, anyway, the Sports Illustrated guy sitting next to me at the fourth quarter said, I think you might have the best seed for this, but I'm going to go underneath the basket. So I'm sitting, when Jordan was shooting, I'm to his right side, when, and I was able to get that shot. So when he went and made the, well, first of all, the steal, the, first he made the driving layup, which was just amazing, which is underrated as a moment. That driving layup he had with like 30 seconds to go was great. And then he the steal on, on Malone, because Malone was going in for the, for the basket. He steals it from Malone and then drives down, and I'm like tracking, tracking, tracking. And right when he released the, his, the shot, I got the perfect picture. I loved it. And all the pictures you see in Sports Illustrated are from underneath the basket. So when you see that picture, you see me taking the picture, because I, I see myself in that picture taking Jordan right when the ball released. And you can see a great picture of Jerry Krause on the other side of the court with his like mouth open, like he's in total shock, like what's because no one knew what was gonna happen. Like here it's releasing the ball. So I thought that was that was great. And then Stockman, people forget that Stockton came down and had a good shot at the end. So he almost had a chance to win the game for the Jazz themselves. But uh that's I just remember during the game was I really felt like it was like the like it, Jordan was doing everything. It was one on five. It was he was just it was his greatest performance was that game. Well I'm glad you brought that the way he manhandled the final few moments of that game, and you you put it perfectly, Ira. But the the drive, it was almost like they were sleeping on Jordan, and he, and he did the thing about Jordan. He's such a smart player. Obviously, we always talk about athleticism, but the guy, it just was so clear he was in control of every game when you watch him, especially in big moments like that. But he just blew past everybody and got a quick bucket, exactly what you're supposed to do in that moment, and then he gets the steal and the shot. So, damn. Good for you, Ira. I'm going to track down the barbershop guy, though, for you. Well, then, I, and, one, and one last point is after the game, I went over. We went, and, and this, I hope they show this in Last Dance. I, I hope they have this clip. But he, they go back to the hotel, this Marriott they were staying at. The bus pulls up there, and I'm rushing. We're rushing. We're rushing to get to the hotel. We knew where the hotel was. There was like a couple hundred Bulls fans. There was not many fans at all, but they're around the bus. The bus stops outside, and Jordan comes out of the top of the bus, like the escape hatch where like, there's a fire. So he comes out, has a cigar. You can just see the silhouette of his head and has the trophy. And it's like, what? And I'm trying to take this picture, and it's so dark, I couldn't get it. But it was such a great view. We're going crazy. And George is just standing there on top of the bus. Like, he's on the standing with like half in, half out of the bus, but it was just an amazing picture. And then we went to a bar afterwards, and like all the, all the NBA people were there. David Stern was there. I mean, I, I went, ran into David Stern at the restroom, and uh, I was watching my hands in it. He's asking where I'm from. I say Altoona, Pennsylvania. And he named, he goes, Doug West, Mike Isolino, and Johnny Moore, the three guys from Altoona. Like, how would he remember the three guys from Altoona? But it was great to be in there talking to Quinn Buckner, all the people broadcast the game. But it was, that was just, you know, it was a great, great memory. Thanks for telling the story. I, we're, up, we're up against the break here, but uh, and I, I, I want to see that picture. You know this, so text I know. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you this week. I'll send it to you this week. I appreciate it. I can, 
a great American story. Ira, Ira Kaufman. <laughs> and follow him on Twitter. Check out his radio show at Ira Sports. Thanks for being on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. All right, Thanks, Ira. Ira Kaufman. The legwork, the hustle, dude, dude, he went, the forecasting of the cost, the flights, I, I, the perfect I, storm. I could have been there, man. I should have. I, I, you found the barbers. The way he painted that, it's like out of a movie. Like you just went into some... I should have been heavenly barber shop, and some guy walks out. I've got two, and I'll walk you to your seat. So that one I don't mind. Is that one I don't feel guilty about because I couldn't afford it. But the Utah Jazz, I could have sat at the at center court. Oh my god! All right, quick timeout. Seven twenty WGN.